I bring you lots of greetings from your brothers and sisters uh, in Kenya, and of course, by extension, East Africa. Uh, we, just like Toby has correctly said, by the grace of God, we've been able to see the kingdom of God advancing, uh, not only in our land, but also the neighboring nations. And therefore, we carry with us special love from uh, people that pray, people that, uh, you know, treasure the relationship that we have with you all. Uh, the second thing I would like to say is that uh, we, we feel very blessed uh, because I don't know whether you, some of you will remember, um, this trip was a, a very important trip uh, to us as a family because we had a number of things that were happening within the family setup. Uh, our first daughter died uh, while she was in this country seeking medical treatment at Wellington, is it Wellington? Hospital in London. And uh, they lived, that is uh, Mercy and the husband and uh, our little grandson, they lived in a place called St. Ives. And, uh, and so for the very first time, uh, because it's been a tough journey, was very good to be able to bring the family so that we could have a ceremonial, a memorial service uh, as we continue to, uh, you know, seek God's grace and uh, be able to see uh, what the future holds. So that was one that I feel went on very, very well uh, because uh, the family was present and the friends and, you know, church family of uh, the Bridge Church joined with us and it was a great, great a Sunday afternoon just to be able to look back from 2019 when she went to be with the Lord. But also, uh, just uh, a few days ago, uh, I was graduating with a master's degree at Southford University, uh, where uh, during the, the COVID period, I decided to go back to class uh, because there's no end to knowledge and skill. Um, and that was very good because it has expanded my way of thinking and perceptions and everything else. Of course, God has enabled us over the last about 50 decades doing major projects back in Kenya. But like I say, uh, knowledge has no end. And so that was great, uh, being able again to have the family together as we celebrated that. But uh, more beautiful is just really, once again, connecting with friends. And uh, so Frida and myself, and of course now by extension the family, uh, really praying and, uh, and seeking God's guidance because we, we believe within the kingdom, God's will is that uh, relationships should never come to an end. A relationship must be generational. And so it's been great for us to be able to, again, introduce the family into your settings. Uh, you know, we, we are looking forward to receiving uh, some of you in our country, I mean, like you know, uh, through the relationship that we have with a Relational Mission, uh, Mike Betts and the teams, but above all, uh, Toby and Jean have become such dear friends to us. Uh, I would like to say that doors for East Africa, for any one of you, uh, whether it's to do with uh, just tourism or mission, doors are wide open because we must keep on making Jesus famous. It is something that we all uh, own together. And so uh, I would like Frida to, says, to give a greeting because she, she connects with you people. And our first experience in this country was way back in 1985. And uh, we're grateful because we realize 
so many changes have taken place, but the weather uh, in, in this country uh, is stubborn. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't uh, appear to ever uh, understand that when we are coming from Africa, where we are able to say it's, it's summer, it is summer with no interruptions. We come in your country, and uh, our, some of our guests are saying, is it, you need, maybe Edward and Frida, you need an umbrella. And I'm thinking, an umbrella, summer? So, so we, we are grateful because uh, we've been able to understand uh, the many, many things concerning your people. And Yes, and yesterday, exactly. Yesterday we were supposed to go to the beach, and, uh, and it never happened. Again, who to blame? Weather. So, Frida, please, would you um, yeah, just come up? Yeah. Thank you very much. We feel so blessed to come and fellowship with you after quite some years. And uh, most of all, we feel so happy that uh, we have come with our second and third generation. So it's like we have introduced the next generation to you. In fact, I was telling Toby the other day that uh, next time if we want someone to preach here, if not Edward, Joy is there. So we have introduced them to, to, to you and we thank God that um, God is doing great things. We thank God for what he is doing and we feel so blessed and so excited. Thank you for welcoming us and uh, thank you. God bless you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, we also, I would want to take this opportunity to also say thank you very much because of working with us. Uh, you know, from the COVID period up to this moment, uh, our nation has gone through some serious, uh, difficult moments. Um, the COVID period was saw so many businesses closed down, and uh, it's great that uh, in our small way of contribution, we are trusting God to help us to work with people uh, back and help them to, uh, you know, to raise or revive their livelihoods. And then, of course, after that, is, uh, we had all this, uh, uh, the crisis that was caused by a prolonged drought, which up to this moment, we have a drain, but uh, unfortunately, it takes long to build up. Uh, if the country has gone through drought period for several years, it takes a long time to be able to uh, uh, build the food security. So uh, we are, some places, we are still sending some money to people, uh, where we're not able to go, uh, so that they can be able to purchase locally. Uh, our churches in Tukana and some, uh, some parts of Samburu where we are not able to, uh, because of security concerns. I really want to thank you very much uh, as a local church, but by extension, uh, the Relation Mission has been able to stand with us during those very difficult moments. Uh, we also are experiencing uh, you know, this morning I was t talking with Tobias who was bringing us here, and we, we discover that uh, you people, you know, in Kenya we are talking about life has become expensive. You know, it's the, 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 the rise of things is making almost everybody to feel it uh, back in, in our country. Now, we've got no comparison, of course, with you. Uh, the, the wage bill is different in this country uh, compared to, uh, you know, 
the employment and the, the numeration that goes with it. So we have, uh, we want to really want to stand here this morning and thank you very much because of your love and generosity. I really want to thank you from the bottom of my heart on behalf of thousands of people who have become beneficiaries of your grace of giving. Uh, we are also into big projects uh, that are aimed at uh, what we call infrastructural uh, constructions of uh, water-related projects and you people. Uh, at the moment, Frida is working. You know, there was one which uh, went on very well with Water for Lucy, and there was you people, I think it was 2019. Yes, Water for Lucy. And that water project uh, has gone very well at the moment. We're just at the verge of opening up so that the people can benefit from small-scale uh, irrigation, and uh, we're discussing on how we can be able to do it uh, without creating a problem to the other communities. Because you see, it is scarce, and we have to get the wisdom of God so that uh, nobody thinks uh, that this water is being given to only a few and others are being left out. So we are working out and what the extent, the radius of where, how, my, how, how, how many homes can be able to benefit from that. But alongside, uh, Frida is doing a plot. I think it's about three acres plot. Uh, just to come up with something that we can be able to showcase in uh, uh, helping people to see how they can be able to use the water for irrigation uh, with the idea of economical empowerment. And uh, you, again, have been amazing uh, because you've been able to give into uh, our shouts when we called out for uh, your supports to help us in that way. Uh, the, uh, our economical situation is not good at all, uh, just like I've mentioned. Uh, we are also having, uh, this is just for prayer, we are also having at the moment some problems. Uh, the opposition uh, has called for what they call mass demonstrations, which some of them have gone bad. Uh, there has been a lot of uh, vandalization of infrastructure and even lives of people have been lost. So. I call upon you to pray with us, because when uh, the political situation is not calm, then it scares even local and international investors. And we need, uh, at the moment, we need a lot of invest people to come in so that the country uh, can be able to grow. Ministry-wise, just like Toby is saying, expansion after expansion, the grace of God has been upon us. We've been able to raise new apostles across the country and the region at large. Uh, we have, it's been an amazing season in that way. And the churches are being served very well. And that really excites freedom myself because we long to see uh, the multiplication of quality brothers uh, being able to be given space to run this, the show uh, without having to uh, keep behind our shadow. And that is happening and happening very peacefully. In fact, it has become a testimony uh, to many church movements in our country that it is possible to see transitions without uh, a fallout and without people having to go to courts and, and the many things that happen around that. So we are in a season that is extremely exciting and we are looking forward uh, to the multiplication of the work of the Lord in our settings. And next year, we will begin our 
gatherings, big gatherings again, the big conferences, and we're looking forward to uh, getting some, uh, the, the very first conference after post-COVID, we want to invite dear friends from Relational Mission to come and be with us uh, so that we can continue to see the work of the Lord moving on. Now, in a short while, I'll be sharing a few things that have been put on my heart, but it's good for me to prepare you uh, because I'm taking this opportunity also uh, because we still run our TV programs back in Africa that are watched by so many people across the nation and nations. And uh, it's good for me to advise that this, this one will also go on air sometimes back in Kenya. So uh, we, you looking this way without looking the cameras, can I ask us please to put our hands together as we welcome people that are watching us back in Africa. Let us celebrate and uh, praise the Lord. Fantastic, fantastic. Excellent, 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 excellent. Very, very good. Thank you so much. Uh, it's good for us to be able to use, you know, the last couple of days I've been uh, engaging with friends from this country who are talking about uh, um, artificial intelligence. And the church should not be left out. Everything that we can be able to grab and be able to use it for evangelism and for pushing the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ, we must, we must not be left out. And this, in the context of that this morning, I would want to share with us uh, something that has been, after watching the New Testament and how the early church uh, uh, operated, immediately they were filled with the Holy Spirit and how they, uh, in, a, in their desire of pushing the Great Commission, I felt God drop into my heart to be able to speak to us here, but also the people that are watching us on TV or on Facebook or online to share my thoughts a little bit on what I'm calling engaged church. I think there is so much that has happened. Uh, if you're keen like myself, you will notice that there is a need for us to once again hear the call of God. And I was glad this morning uh, coming in, uh, just like Tom is saying about your worship. I, I mean, I, I have, you, sometimes we, we, we think worship is about the band and the glamour, but wait a minute. Worship is about people that have encountered Jesus, people who have encountered the grace that has been spoken about here, people that have thrown themselves like Peter did, and you'll be surprised. It's been an amazing worship session this morning. But looking through the early church, I noticed something is needed to be done because I see a disconnect between the, the way the early church operated, the way the early church behaved, and the current church that we've, we are members of. And it's great for us to be called upon to hear the voice of God in the midst of times and moments when there is too many voices that are calling and moments. We are living in times of alternative this, alternative the other one, uh, where people are satisfying themselves using different excuses. We need to hear God talking about us, uh, to, talking to us again on the need of getting engaged once again. I just quickly want to take us through some of the things that have heavily uh, resonated with me as I thought about this and prayed about this. Uh, you know, the whole thing uh, that I was able to raise from the book of Acts chapter number 2, you will look through 40, 42 to 47. This is the first congregation, and this is the first, we can be able to say, as far as 
a local congregation is concerned, as far as a local church was concerned, this was the first congregation. And I see once the foundation of the early church had been put in place, as recorded in Acts uh, chapter number 2, 42 to 47, uh, you will notice a few things that are shouting there. The word that I noticed as I was reading through these verses is how the Bible says they devoted themselves. There was a devotion, these, these people, as we look into the message and as we look into the subject of the church once again getting engaged. We notice some of the, the words that are used in the early church and some of the words that uh, correctly the Acts of Apostles is uh, 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 lifting up to us, that the believers devoted themselves to of course, we know teaching of the apostles, the fellowship of believers, breaking of bread, and to prayer. This is the foundation. And uh, uh, once that foundation was established, the, the, the foundation that, of course, also included earlier on, included the structure itself, which, which is to do with the apostles, like you know, as is recorded in the book of Ephesians, uh, you know, chapter number four, the, the, the government of God was established. The church was started to be engaged. The church was not started. And that is the reason why when we look into the different histories, whether it's to do with what we call back in Africa, the mainstreams, and even currently we, uh, the charismatics and the Pentecostals and what have you, you find all of a sudden the histories are showing us that it is possible for people to think they are in church, they are they are following something, but unfortunately, when you begin now to look to that, whatever they are calling, with the, a light or the, the eyes of this description that is given in this Bible, I mean these verses in Acts, you realize something is amiss. So the following fund, fundamental pillars were established that would make the believers and the church to be fully engaged for the local and global mission. And I would like to quickly give us some of the the things that have come out from me, I see uh, from the coming of the Spirit, the coming of the Spirit was uh, this, whether it is then or now, is to do with the promise of the Father. This was and still is about to do with the promise of the Father. Jesus had given clear instruction to the disciples that they must get fully engaged. They must not get fully engaged until they receive the Holy Spirit. That, of course, you know, he tells them what? Go, do not go out. Go and stay in Jerusalem until you're done, you're done with it. You're clothed with power. And these are things that were coming to do it, to help the church become engaged, to empower the body of believers so that, uh, because, you know, many excuses would be, when we talk about being fully engaged, we can get excuses. We can talk about my temperament. We can talk about the personalities. But thank God... The Holy Spirit has come. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how quiet you are. It doesn't matter the temperament that we have. Praise God, we have been given the Holy Spirit. They were to be clothed with power in accordance to Luke chapter number 24, 49. And even when you look again into Acts chapter number 1 and verses number 8, the Holy Spirit was coming to these people who are supposed to be engaged at whatever time it will be so that they can, it says, you will receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And that is what, uh, no one has an excuse. Once the Spirit has come, we have received power to do what? To be engaged on uh, what I'm calling, whether it is local or global mission. Number two, the establishment of the doctrine 
what we believe in according to scripture, the convictions that distinguish us as Christians, the values and the principles that correctly describe us as followers of Christ Jesus. The, 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 this body of believers, they would come up with convictions, they would come up with a set of beliefs that would be able to describe them wherever they go. And that is why we find in Antioch, people are looking to them and they can only be called what? Christians. Why? Because they look like they're Christ. They talk like they're Christ. And number three, it was to establish the structure. This new institution or community will be led by real God called anointed apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, teachers, elders, and the deacons. This, again, was very essential because these are the formation, the early days of the church. So they must get the, the, the government must be correct. They must, they must have a leadership that they can be able to look to and be able to, and the Bible is telling us from the Ephesians, again, like I said, that he, when he ascended, of course, he gave us gifts. He gave men. He's, that is why we have real apostles that we can be able to look to because they are called and anointed by God for the work that is uh, 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 given to them. And uh, I think clarity of the other bit, number four, is the clarity of mission ahead. Evangelization, using every possible means and avenue to see people know Jesus, believe in him, and join a local community of believers as followers of Jesus and who are members of a local present physical church. The other church became so engaged. Again, bring you back to Acts. Whether you're reading from chapter number one or chapter two in the middle or whatever place, you realize this church is so engaged. There is not one single place, even when they're facing persecution, even when things are not looking good, even when, like in our day-to-day, we've got so many things that are happening. You people are facing what? Arising policies and laws that want to threaten the church. Even during such moment, the church never dislodged. Even when they were facing persecution, we see the church is engaged. And during these moments, we need to call out once again, because it is possible, it is possible for, for us to be intimidated by the systems and everything that is happening around us. We can be intimidated when we think about uh, uh, the media, intimidated when we think about the laws that are being passed day in and day out. We can be intimidated by the civilization and modernization and everything else. But God is looking to each one of us to remain engaged. God is looking to you and myself to be engaged. The early church became so engaged. It is a joy reading through the Acts and all the epistles that tell us the mission of the church. As I engaged, engaged myself deeply reading the Acts and all the other epistles that follow Acts, my heart cries out to God for the state I see the church today. There is, my brothers and sisters, when, we, when you begin to read the book of Acts and you see what the early church was doing and how they were engaging in missions and everything else, and then you consider our day, a cry should come in our hearts because it's clear something is a me. Something is, is there is a need for there is a need for us to get back again and be able to say, just like they did under very diffi- difficult circumstances, very hostile uh, 
uh, uh, environment, we also need to get back and be engaged and be found doing what we are supposed to be doing in our time. There is every need of the church in this century, rediscovering New Testament church life. As I consider, I want to take us through some six levels which, and I will be very good for you uh, to be able to remember this as a deposit that we live with you, the six areas in which I believe God is looking upon us. When I say us, I'm talking about the universal church of Jesus Christ, where we can be able to uh, just be able to say quickly, we need to do something about this. We need something to do about this. There is every need for, uh, for of, of the church in this century, discovering New Testament church life. As I consider six areas or ways the church in this century needs to be found fully engaged, let me go on record as having said this. For the church to be fully engaged, individual believers must first be fully engaged. There is no way we will, because sometimes we, 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 we are looking because we are aware about our corporate gatherings and everything else, and it is easy, very easy for us to be able to think uh, that it doesn't matter how, what is happening with me uh, along the week, Sunday is coming. We will gather as corporate. But I want to say this, brothers and sisters, if the church will be fully engaged, it is time for believers to be fully engaged. There is not, you know, back, we support a, a team. These guys support a team called Manchester United. Fried and myself support a team called Arsenal for many, many years. And uh, uh, I, 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 even, I remember even once coming in this country and uh, Mike, my friend, took me to uh, see Arsenal playing Norwich. And I did a mistake because I sat the side of Norwich and I was cheering Arsenal. And I can see uh, the, Nor the people of Norwich Football Club are looking to me and they don't understand. How can you sit on our side to cheer the opposite team? Anyway, going back to home, Frida, uh, she, is very, she knows how to spectate. She, she will even tell, come on, now see, you would have scored. And she plays the ball and makes it very simple. And it's like if she's given that football, she can score so many, many goals. <laughs> and I'm, let me say this, brothers and sisters, we don't want spectators in the kingdom. We don't want people that come to church to cheer at us. Because every one of you can be engaged. Every one of you has something to do. Yeah, every one of us, if we are 1,000 people, we've got 1,000 people who need to be engaged. If we have 100 people, we've got 100 people who are supposed to be engaged. There is in the church, the local church, the kingdom of God, we do not need spectators. Because the same spirit that you have been given, the same spirit, the other people that you want them to do things have been given. The intention of the coming of the Spirit was that, oh, that is the reason why we are hearing the Bible saying, as they gathered in the upper room, oh, A-double-L. The Holy Spirit did not distinguish and say, I'm going to fill the men who are up here, or the young people, or the Bible records, all were filled with the Holy Spirit. And that, that may give us the 
the, the power that we need to be able to remain engaged. So this statement is crucial as we continue thinking, even after we've gone, it's our deposit for you. Even as we've gone, yes, we are aware of the changing times. We are aware of the persecution uh, that is coming upon the church and everything else that goes with it. But brothers and sisters, uh, we will believe God and trust God like the early church did and be able to do the things that the church is supposed to be doing. Toby has made a very powerful statement about the brokenness of the world. And if we believe that the world we're living in is broken, it is the church engaging with a broken world that will bring the change that we long to see. And for this reason, brothers and sisters, I challenge us, let's get engaged. Let's get engaged. You know, in your small way, that small way that you think is a small way is what is needed to be able to bring the desired change that we long for. How I pray that this morning, something of God will be given birth in our hearts. Something of the Holy Spirit will be given birth to each one of us that is listening. And the coming days we'll be able to hear testimonies of people, even some of the people that have not been very active in this congregation, becoming active and engaged because it is your engagement that is going to bring the change we are longing for. God rebukes severely any form of lukewarmness and complacency. If you, if you consider Revelation chapter number 3 and verse 16, what does it say? So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. That's a scary. Because God is not, God is not looking for people. The early church, we will see as I come to the conclusion, the early church was not there to please men. The early church, even when they are properly beaten and they are, they, are, they are asked not to speak in the name of the Lord anymore, do you know what happens? They are able to look to them on the face and say, shall we obey you or shall we obey, obey God? We, we've got to have the zeal of the house of God once again rekindled in our hearts. We've got to see brothers and sisters that are burning with the passion of missions. And there are different ways in your own, at the moment, back at Kambakia, where I, where I am the senior pastor, we, we, have, we are introducing the friendship evangelism. There are different ways in which we can see our loved ones coming to, to faith. So God is rebuking. And even as he rebukes uh, complacency and lukewarmness, he's also saying something else which is very, very important. In the book of Revelation, chapter number 2 and verse number 1 to 7, he says, To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in the right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them to be false. You have persevered and have endured hardship for my name and have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. We've got, brethren, we've got to get back. This is not, this is not, uh, thank you, Frida. This is not, it's not, it's not, I like one of the sisters stood here and said that as I speak to you, it's not to bring any guilt. I am not here to condemn anybody. I, that is none of my, callings at all. I am called to encourage. 
I'm, I'm called to exhort. I'm called to build up. But that does not mean we cannot speak the truth in love. We are, if we need to see ourselves getting to uh, the next notch, like one of our brothers said here, we've got to hear things like, you have forsaken your first love. And this is applicable in everything. We've got that passion. You know, I get so stirred up by David, you know. David loved God with his soul and his spirit and everything. I mean, when, when he's composing, when he's saying, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul longs after thee. The time has come for us to be able to, re to see to it that the first love is restored. We've got to be engaged. We've got to get locked again. We've got to link in again. We've got to know this world is not going to be transformed by uh, artificial intelligence and many other things. These are wonderful tools that God will give us to use them. But they're not the things that will be able to transform and change our world. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the only hope of our nations. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the hope of this world. And we are carriers in our own way. God is not looking for preachers. You'll be surprised. Let me say, let me say something important to you. I, I, I was dying with a heart condition many years back as a young man. And Jesus healed me. I was, you know, sometimes I even do not understand uh, my journey in terms of the profiling and everything else that has taken place because when he called me, after healing me, he told me one thing. He said, Edward, I have saved you. I have healed you of your heart condition that doctors could not cure. Now go and tell people what I've done for you. It was as simple as that. Exactly. Just be a witness. And I love that. That is what I want to keep until where the Lord calls me home. I am a witness. These other things, they have come around my life as people think we think you are this. Some of them prophesy over my life about this. But my greatest thing that I know is part of me from 1975. When Jesus saved me and healed me, he made me a witness. I did not need to go to a Bible school. I did not need to go and be taught about what to say. Because I was telling the world, I was just like the blind man. I was blind, but now I can see. There are different ways in which we can be able to get our love, first love, getting back and just sharing the love of God with us. The Spirit says to the churches, let us get back. Let the Spirit of God is speaking. Let's pick up the first love. And let me now, as I bring, uh, uh, before I finish, I want to speak on six areas, like I said, which, in which the church needs to be engaged Number one is witness. There is a need for us to be witnesses. And this is not something, like I said, it's not complicated. It's not about uh, getting to a Bible school or anything else. It's about the things that God is doing in your life on a daily basis. It's about uh, sharing your own life and sharing what the grace of God that is in your life. As, as I think about the, uh, the beginning the beginning of the first church, immediately after the Holy Spirit had been poured up to the believers, I noticed a uniqueness of people from different places, cultures, races were together. There was something special to do with welcoming 
and hospitality. I believe with all my heart, even as we do this witness, and even as we share our love and share with uh, the witness that of what God is doing in our life, in our lives, let us be prepared. That will draw people to God. The little things that God has, is doing in your life will be, will all of a sudden, this congregation and other congregations will begin to see because people love to hear stories, life stories. People, yes, people want to hear life stories. They want to hear what, what God is doing in your life. What, what, you know, come back a Christian center, we call it a miracle in the village. And the impact of that church in the nation and across the nations is simple. It's the transformation of people's lives that people see and hear that has brought us where we are. There is too much power in what, when we say what Jesus has done and is doing and will do. We need to be witnesses of Jesus as we welcome people to Jesus and to faith like the Samaritan woman who went out witnessing to all and welcoming people to come and see a man. Imagine. And our city is touched by a lady who has met Jesus, and this Jesus has changed her from a funny life to someone else who is sober and someone who has been able to take charge of his own, on her own our life. And finally, she feels the transformation, and she just goes into the streets shouting, come and see a man. And the Bible, what does the Bible say? The Bible say that, that so many people, because of what she said, believed in Jesus. Yes, witness. There is a need for us to be engaged. Around what? Witness. And that is possible for everybody. Let me tell you something that is exciting as I stand here and look to this wonderful congregation. You are lovely people. Listen to this. Every one of you is a carrier of a witness. There is something God has done in your life that is good for someone else. Tell it. Tell it as it is. Don't, don't, don't. Just speak it out. People, people, I say again and I repeat, people want to hear life stories. Yeah, yeah. There is too much jargon that is around, I don't know, theology and what have you. I'm not saying theology is bad. Don't get me wrong. It's just life stories. It's just like I've told you. This man you see here, many years ago, I was dying with a heart condition that doctors could not cure. But 2023, yeah, I am totally healed and going strong. Yeah, that's what I mean. That is what I mean. That is my testimony. And many, many other testimonies. So the time has come for us to be engaged. The time has come. I just remember something in those days where people could even do their literal pamphlets about their lives and just share. We've got to, we've got to. This world has, is hearing so many bad news and so many things that are creating a lot of problem and people are becoming hopeless because of what their ears are hearing every day and watching on TV and other places. They hear, they are longing to hear how somebody, you lost a loved one, and here you are, you have not given up. People want to hear that testimony because that is life story. So, witness. We need to see more of witness. Number two, please, because the writing is gather. God's, I see the early church. They witnessed, but they also gathered. 
And in this gathering, they would gather in their homes. Listen, time has come for us to, to look to, I don't know how you call them, the life groups, the soul groups, you name them. There must be something that we've got to be intentional and we've got to be engaged around. We are a community. I'll end up mentioning that as the final mark of my points. We are a community, and it's great for us to, be, to gather. Let people know that we gather. We gather in our homes. I love it. It's been amazing. Uh, you know, at the home of Toby and Jean, there is a table that I, I, we, we love freedom myself because around that table, so much, we've shared lives and we've shared dreams, aspirations. We, we have uh, prayed, we have uh, uh, shared moments of feeling grief and everything else. They gathered, they valued the gathering. In these times when people are, everything is remote controlled and people you can keep away from your corporate gatherings. Brothers and sisters, let us become intentional with our gatherings. The, the Bible, yes, amen, my brother. Excellent, love it. I love it. So the early church, the Bible says, from house to house, from home to home. They gathered. They believed in gathering. And even when it came to the corporate moments, there they were. I mean, this morning, like Tom said again earlier, the worship here was amazing. We, we, the team here, I mean, I didn't miss the drums. It was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. It really caught me, and I found myself in the presence of God because of our gathering. They gathered, they, they would gather in their homes, gather in their places of worship, gather in the marketplaces. Yes, they were devoted to fellowship. Brothers and sisters, let us not fulfill what Paul is saying that some have discarded their gatherings and the enemy has torn them to pieces. The enemy has destroyed them. We must love and value, we must be engaged around our gatherings. They do us good. We know there are some meetings which can do harm, but we know why we come here. We know why we meet in our houses. I mean, when, when my daughter died, Frida, because by this time Frida has, had lived in this country for quite some time, she joined a small group of the Bridge Church, and they were calling it small group, small group, small group. And I'm telling you, she benefited immensely from the small group which was part of a big group. And uh, I remember when I came here in March, I asked them, I said, because I would see Frida in the middle of the night because of time differences, I would hear messages coming to her, to her phone. And she would, I would ask, I'm asking because it's too late. What's, what is this? And she says, it is the small group. So I thought to myself, when I go back to UK, whatever time it is, I'll also tell them, put me in the small group. Let me also belong to the small group. There is beauty when people gather. There is beauty when we are engaged around our fellowship. The Bible says in chapter number 2 of Acts and 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread. Fellowship is key. We've got to value our times together. We've got to value our times in our homes, in our groups. Let's let make our gathering vibrant. Let them become alive. Because there is the love of God, the love of Christ is flowing in those gatherings. Number three, I see they were engaged so much around worship. The early church was found engaged worshiping the Lord at all times. 
even when persecu- persecution would break up. Paul and Sila would be found praising God in jail in the middle of the night. They, they, the art of worship was, a, was everything to them. They, they would travel distances to go and join others for moments of worship. Worship that is Christ-centered, just like this morning. There is nothing, you know you cannot be able to explain worship to someone unless they experience it. Like this morning, brothers and sisters, great moments as the team was leading us here. I'm just thinking to myself, even if I would never, I would not understand the English, the presence of God is here because there is worship. And we've got to be engaged around worship. Let's linger long in his presence. Even when persecution come up, even when troubles come up, even, even as, you know, earlier God was speaking to me about, uh, and this is good, uh, I almost said, Toby, give me this microphone, I want to prophesy. I thought God saying this to you, I'll get back to my message, that you people, you are like the people in your individual lives, but also in your homes and whatever place you are, you are like the 40, the 30, the 10, that Abraham was asking God when the wrath of God was reached boiling points and God was about to pour his wrath, Abraham began to intercede asking God, will you destroy the good with the bad? And I, I felt like God was saying, for your sake, this country will never be destroyed. It doesn't matter how wickedness, how weak wickedness will increase in the days to come. Because there is a remnant that wrath of God will never destroy this nation. God will pro- pro- protect your families because there is a remnant in your home. God will safeguard your children because there is a remnant in your home. For your sake, the wrath of God will not come upon UK. Yes, you were, God will look down and he will say, like Abraham said, there's no way I can destroy the righteous with the bad, the, the good and the bad. So the what, moments of worship, Paul and Sila would find themselves praising God in jail in the middle of the night. They never allowed their plight or circumstance dictate to them. Otherwise, their spirits, heart, and minds were occupied and engaged in an act of worship and praise to God. God, for the reasons, for who God is, for what he is able to do, and for what he will continue to do in the future. Number four, because I've got about 13 minutes and then we'll be finishing. Number four, it's word, engaged around the world. The early church had a reputation of engaging, searching the scriptures. I don't know how much I can be able to amplify this, brothers and sisters. The time must come. There is, like I said again, too many things are happening. We've got the pressure of, of career, pressure of, of uh, economy and everything else. We're trying to meet ends and everything else. And this can rob us moments of engaging with the word of God. The early church had a reputation of engaging and searching the scriptures. A good example that I would like to mention here is that of Bereans, who the Bible describes in the following manner that you will read at your own time, Acts chapter number 17, 11, and 12. The Bible says, Now of the Bereans, Jews, were more noble character than those in Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness. 
and examined the scriptures every day to see what what Paul uh, to see if what Paul said was true. Now I want that to sink. They were searchers of scripture. They had value of the scripture. They were yes, they believed in the spirit, but they were people of the of the of the word. And God is looking for us to uh, engage even before we leave our homes, even before we let let's be have a, 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 a culture that once feels something, that, uh, that the word of the Lord is a lamp unto my feet, that you want to hear. It was very good again uh, earlier as we were beginning to worship. There is nothing that can compare with when we know that God is saying, this is me speaking to you. And we know that is possible to us as we continue to engage around the scripture. So, Bahrain's uh, reputed for the, the noble people because they were searchers of the scriptures and even to the extent of wanting to see if what Paul was saying and his team was biblical because they knew the answers were in the word of God. Now listen to what the Bible says, verse number two. As a result of engaging with the word of God, the Bible says many of them believed as did a number of prominent Greek women and many Greek men, and also the following. So again, another translation says, and the word of God increased. There was a, an increase because the people had a culture which was amazing. They loved the word of God. They searched the scriptures. And what happens? The Bible says, and the word of God increased. Acts 6 and 7, and the word of God increased, and a number of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. And a great company of priests were also obedient to faith. Number five, because I've got 10 minutes to finish. This is UK. Five minutes. Very good. The Bible says, let me, uh, number six, number five, is Paul encourage believers to engage with the Holy Spirit in their individual lives, the Spirit, when they came together in the corporate meetings and when fulfilling their mission, Ephesians Chapter number 5, 16 to 28, Paul is talking about things like, but I say, walk in the Spirit. There must be a desire on daily basis. Yeah, there are so many things that are being uh, proposed to us and suggested to us, but we've got to be intentional. How? I want to wake up in the morning tomorrow, I want to walk in the Spirit. I, I, I love the things of the Spirit. And carries on, Paul is showing us things like what? That uh, the when we walk in the spirit, we do not gratify the desires of our flesh. So there must be, we've got to engage with the spirit. We've got to be a people that love to be filled with the spirit. We've got to be a people. I love what he's saying. Uh, verse number 25 of the same. If we live by the spirit, let us, not keep, let us also keep in step with the spirit. If we live by the spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12 again is telling us about what? The, 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 the gifts of the spirit. So the spirit, as we engage with the spirit, no wonder like this morning, what's happening? Uh, Toby is asking, uh, and if there is somebody who has got something that you want to say, because the spirit is not is giving people gifts. And uh, I love it so much when our sister here says that uh, uh, be ready for miracles. Yeah, because the presence of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit are in operation. And when they're in operation, we can expect God to be moving and doing what God alone is able to do. Galatians chapter number five, 
22 and 26, but the fruit of the Spirit. Not only do we have the reason why there is need to engage with the Spirit, not only do we have the gifts, not only do we have the power, but praise God, the character. The Spirit helps out to shape our character. The fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passion and desire. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And finally, it's works and community. Faith without, without works is dead, so the Bible says in James chapter 2 and verse 26. This is very important, brothers and sisters. This was the most special thing about the early church. They, they ended up, everything else that I've said, but they became a community. It was a community. It was their life did not stop at their homes, did not stop at their churches. When they gathered, they lived it. And the, the people, would, they knew about them. It was, ended up becoming a community. It works in community. So no wonder the Bible is telling us in James that work, faith without works is dead. In James chapter number 2, 14 to 26, the early church outlived their faith. They displayed their faith through the works that followed whether in the way they worshipped, met the needs of each other. What a beautiful testament to hear from Tom, saying we came in, Sofa said this. And that's a beauty. It's the beauty of the, the, the family of, of God. We are meeting our own needs. As we carry on deeply, you find the early church reached a point where uh, there were no one among them that was needy because the community was meet, blessing each other. And the community was busy making sure that people, in accordance to this morning again, great stuff from uh, Toby, speaking about you know, some of the challenges that you, you're, on, you're, you're, you're facing as a country and how the church is looking for uh, in, uh, how to address some of those things. We've got to be that community because God is not just, we're not just people that just come to worship, hear the word of God see the power of God at work and everything else, we are no more people. We, 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 we want to live what we believe out there. In conclusion, I think these are very important things as I come to a conclusion. I think it's time for the believers and the church to be so engaged with the Lord and his purpose for our lives like Nehemiah was when he refused to be sidetracked by the enemies of the rebuilding of the walls. He replies to them, I have no time to disengage for the work I am involved with is so important. Let's see the importance of our global mission. Let's see the importance of our local mission to the extent that nothing will separate us. Nothing will make us to step down from what we believe that God has called us to do. Number two, it's time for the church to pick afresh the zeal of the Lord and his mission. As we say like it is recorded, the zeal of your house, the house of the Lord consumes me. Let's pick up the first love again. Let's get back for whatever reason you could have dislodged. God is saying, get back, get engaged. Let's pick up our first love and let's keep moving once again in making Jesus famous in our own ways. And finally, yes, we can join Paul who was so engaged with the Lord Jesus and his mission. Paul said the following as he was saying goodbye to the elders and believers at Ephesus in Acts 20 and 24. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me 
My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Brothers and sisters, we have a wonderful Savior to follow. We have a wonderful Savior to love. We have a wonderful Savior to promote. We can make him busy. We can make him famous as we continue to get engaged now and in the days to come. Father, we are grateful that you're speaking to us once again and calling upon us to make sure wherever it is, wherever that could have cost us along the way, uh, to go slow. Whatever it is that could have cost us to feel like I will just come to this church or whatever it is just to participate, help us, God, to get back and pick up the zeal of your house and your mission. Help us, Lord, to be engaged. Help us, Father, to be visible in our localities, in our neighborhoods, that, Father, we can become that community just like the early church was. We ask it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you.